In this episode of the Encouraging Inspire podcast, I'm joined by organizational psychologist, business strategist, recording artist, and filmmaker, Dr. Indy Titan. Uh, Indy and I, man, we go back about 10 years. She's like a big sister to me, so I'm so glad to have her on the pod. Uh, we talked about um, her being from an entertainment family and always kind of being in the industry, but and trying to leave the industry at time and always kind of being brought back into it. Um, we we discussed, you know, she had to find ways to be able to sustain herself and use her gifts outside of traditional artistry to be able to continue to do what she loved to do. She realized that she had a, a passion for um, helping people lead better. And that's why she got her PhD in organizational leadership. And because she just sees that there are so many areas for artists to have to lead uh, other people because they're businesses. And a lot of creatives and artists don't think in that way. So she really has found a place to be able to do that, and which is why she created the Entertainment Leadership Academy. And uh, we end the episode talking about the fact of making in the fact that you know the entertainment business is a project-based business and how important it is for artists and creative and creative entrepreneurs to be able to maintain and manage their money for when the times are lean and aren't so fruitful because it's just the nature of the business and being able to do things and put them and create business models that have, can give them a return on their investment. So I really enjoyed this episode. Hope you guys do too. Guys, welcome to another episode of the Encourage Inspire podcast. It's episode number 72. And I've got my big sis with me today, Miss India Gaston. Uh, Are you hyphenated? Yeah, I am, you know but both? it's not a big it's not a big deal. Okay, <laughs> okay. Uh India Gaston Titan. I guess we'll have we'll we'll, we'll hyphenate it, but um She's just big sis to me, but I'm so glad to have you here. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, artistically and in the art world, you know, still right. indie titan. So it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. So, yeah. So you and I go back at least 10 years. Yeah. At least that far back. Yeah, it's mm. been a long, long time. You kind of see me as my much younger self. Yeah. Doing this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I think, yeah. So I think we met at Riley Sessions America. Yep. You know, and then we both found out that we were full sailors. Yep. And that was, that was cool. And then we just always just kind of kept in touch. So you were living in Atlanta at that time. Yep, I was. You know, so yeah, that was that. Now you out there on the West Coast doing your thing, you know. Yeah. And, for, for now. For now? <laughs> yeah. Are you, now. are you trying to go back? Are you going to try to go back down south? Um, yeah, most likely, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, does, does Derry want to do that? 
Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is you know, it's always like we just want to be where entertainment is, you Absolute, know. And so when you think about where you think about that, it's even though it's in every city, you know, technically, mm -hmm. but um, you know, as far as like filmmaking, yeah. Um, Yeah, it's only predominant in a couple of cities. So, no, that's yeah. real talk. No, that's real talk. I mean, there's every everywhere has an entertainment scene, but there's only a couple of places that it's considered hubs, like where people go to or consider industry. You right, know, exactly. Where there's where there's an industry there, so I totally understand. Um, totally understand that part, you know. And you've been you've been in the industry for a long time. Yeah, you know so. Um, So you would say you're you're artist, songwriter, filmmaker. I mean, technically, that? I'm all of those things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just I'm a I'm an artist, you know, right. because at the end of the day, I dwell in several places. And, you know, I'm a creative person, right. you know. Um, so I've tried to get out of it. But but it never works. So. It, it keeps call. It keeps calling you back, huh? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I was kind of born into this, so yeah. I come from like a um, artistic family. So I, it's kind of like one of those things where it's always been a part of me. But I, you know, but being in entertainment is, you know, it can have its challenges. So. You know, you do. Well, I found myself several times like questioning, you know, is it all worth it? Or, you know, also just, you know, is there something else that I could be like contributing to, <laughs> you know, maybe more there may be more meaningful or something in quotations. The only thing is, is that uh, I what I found is that, you know, the same similar issues that you have in entertainment you have in almost any industry so you know you might as well figure out a way to sustain yourself in an industry that you you know enjoy and yeah. mostly identify with you know absolutely you know and I, I personally think you cannot live life without entertainment it's impossible yeah it's absolutely it's absolutely impossible to live a balanced life because For instance, like on the music side, music is just a part of our everyday life. It just we can't live life without it. And right. The, and on the filmmaking side, people need to have their stories told because everybody doesn't have a voice that doesn't know how to tell a story. So right. filmmakers are important to society. I call everybody in the entertainment what we call the cultural reporters. We report on the culture. We report yeah. on, on what's going on because not everybody knows how to tell their story in a way that's entertaining enough for somebody to always want to actually tune in and watch or listen. So I think creators play a very, very, very vital role in everyday, in everyday uh, society. I mean, even as we're recording this episode just yesterday, um, what is it, the shooting that happened in Nashville? Like it's oh, crazy. And it's craziness, man. It's just like, you know, uh, it's so sad that we live in a time now where You can't even feel safe to say you, you have, you know, you have school-age kids, you know. Uh, you can't even feel safe anymore to send your kids to school. I think we're going to see a lot more homeschooling like, going on in the future. Well, you, you know, know. He, here um, in L.A., they've already lost 
I mean, like this, the public school system, the main public school system here, um, they've already lost it's like thousands and upon thousands of students anyway. I bet. Um, um, especially during the pandemic, I think that like after it, I think that a lot of families, once they were those that were able to successfully, you know, get through and um, adjust to going to school online and different things like that. I feel like um, they were just like, shoot, you know, we can continue this, you know, we can figure out a way to continue it and different things like that. And yeah, what, what happened yesterday um, that was, you know, I mean, it just compounds the, you know, sadness on sadness. Every time you hear about like a mass shooting, especially um, at a school, And, you know, I saw the video of the when the person entered the building and how they entered the building. And that was in itself was really scary. Um, and I lived in Nashville for almost 10 years. And Yeah. so, Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely hit home for you for yeah, sure. I Yeah. just was like, I really felt so I knew exactly where the school was, Oh, you know, wow. like exactly, you know, where it's located and everything. So it was just kind of like, it was just weird. And I know. it's really located in a place where I mean, no school you expect it to happen, Right. right? But this is a school with little children, like it's K through six. It's not a high school. You know, they're not bothering anybody. And, you know, so yeah, it, it really is, um, nerve, you know, nerve wracking. And ironically, yesterday at my son's high school, um, they actually were having, they had a planned, drill Mm. so every like every two to three months they have like drills based on you know fallout drills or an emergency drill or active shooting drills at school so it's super super wild Yeah. you Yeah. know what i'm saying so yeah it's a lot to Lots to think about, a lot to consider all the time. <laughs> For sure. For sure. And I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a scary thing that we now have to, I mean, when you were in school, you know, you're a few years older than me, but when we were in school, you had your, your fire drill. That's what we did. You know, we did a fire drill. You do everyone. But now the fact that we have to do active shooter drills in school now, Yeah, I mean, that, literally, that, that is crazy to me. and and at my son's um school high school they've had <laughs> about four lockdowns mm. where they suspected something was happening Mm. outside of the school it's just <laughs> it, it it's a lot you That know is we that we we that thought is about nuts. yeah we and we we've thought about a lot of different options um So, you know, it's, it's yet to be seen. But um, I was going to also say, you know, as far as the importance of music and film and, you know, television, Right. just just think about how on the, during, you know, during the pandemic, like, what did, how did everybody make it through? Yeah. You Yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. They made it through by listening to music, Yeah. leaning on social media, um, Also, you know, so much content was put out during that time and Mm hmm.
you know, people actually got to watch like all of their shows that they've been missing. You know what I mean? And that's what helped people, you know, being able to get on Zoom, you know, just different things like that. Exactly. But we had to learn a whole new way. But the entertainment industry and the the out like our creative output really helped people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I just think it's important. We can't live, we can't live life without it. And me personally, you know, because I choose to serve the independent artists, you know, and I choose to serve what I call the 99%. You know, everybody always tries to get to the 1%. And I get it, you know, uh, but if you think about it, most creatives won't get to the nine, won't get to the 1%. That's the elite of the elite. You know, you think in any industry, you get to, if you're the top 1% of anything, like there's very few of you. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Very few of you. So it's like, so to put the type of pressure on people, I just try to tell people just to have when they're making art, just have fun and don't put so much pressure on yourself. Because especially in the music side, you know, the only thing that's objective about making music, and I was sure about making film the same way, is it is the technical side of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Once you create it. Mm-hmm. And put it out to the marketplace. You don't know what's gonna happen, right? You what you don't know how people are gonna feel about it. It's impossible. And sometimes, you know, things don't necessarily do well right away. But it takes time to catch on. You know, yeah, absolutely. In, in, in the music space, you may release a song and it may not do well right away, but it may catch on. Especially in these days with TikTok, and you have songs that were that were maybe hits back in the day or someone some success, somebody does a TikTok challenge or dance or whatever and brings that whole song back to life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Different generation, you know what I mean? So that's yep. happening way more now because of TikTok. Speaking of that, I know they're, they're thinking about trying to ban that in the U.S., which is really going to affect creators. I think the Congress people need to understand. The problem with people in Congress, I think, that they don't really understand the power of music, the power of entertainment, and why people need it. And I think, you know, and, I, and it just bothers me because they don't pay attention. Our government does not care about the arts, unfortunately. I think so. Yeah, I mean, well, like, you know, I'm a, a member of the Recording Academy, and I right. every year I do... Um, the advocacy, right? The, yeah, uh, district advocacy. So... You know, the thing is, the most realistic thing that I heard (laughs) was um, this past year, we met with a congressman and basically he was saying that, you know, they I don't know whether they don't care as much, but they definitely don't value it. But on the other hand, um, a lot of people in Congress are also they are but they are fans of music. You know, we were trying to figure out we were trying to figure out how to, you know, kind of get them to value more of, you know, like to, you know, enact more legislation to benefit yeah. artists and, and you know, creatives. Yeah. And basically he was saying that, like, you know, we basically have to bring somebody up there like Beyonce or something, like you know, like somebody that. <laughs> Could right. really, really sway them in some kind of way and impress them or whatever to get mm-hmm. them to like make a change. But on the other side, there's also like the lobbyists from the you know 
recording the you know the corporate side and yeah. you know the other types of um you know corporate entities pushing their narrative and they have the money to do it you know the mm -hmm. money and the resources to do it so that's what we're working against you know yeah um, but, and, I, and i think that's interesting because if you go to a country like canada which is the reverse they love the arts yeah their yeah. government really believes but i think also that's also twofold because they want the canadian artists to stay in canada you know yeah. so, they, so they their government creates grants and funding and things like that to be able to create and establish a career because you know most of most of the time what what, what usually hurts most artists they run out of money they don't have funding to do right. it because it's really expensive so in canada the government will give you grants to make make your ep go on tour like all kind of things and it's crazy you know and give you a chance to really create a career like my man dio gibson uh who's well known in canada uh is a motivational speaker as, mm -hmm. well, as a rapper, and he's again, he's in the Guinness Book of World Records also. But part of what he does is like he's been a full time artist for twenty years, like six figures a year, you know. Wow. Okay. And, and what he's but but the way he built his business model is he talks to kids. Oh yeah. Oh you yeah. I mean? Absolutely. So so so, yeah. so he told me this when I had him on my podcast. He said I built my business model so that so that I don't have to have a hit record on the radio to survive in the game. I could put out music, do what I want to do, but his bread and butter comes from talking to kids. And there's always going to be a new, a, a new set of fifth graders coming to school next year, high schoolers. That's never going to stop. That's yeah, gonna, absolutely. You know? Every year. Yeah. So he's Without always... Without fail. Yeah. So I know he has a he has a, a, a program. He talks about Black Canadians in 365 and talks about, you know, uh, that whole movement. So I just love what he does. And he runs a conference called the Northern Power Summit. Mm -hmm. Where he's able to get the funding from the Canadian government to put a conference on and wow and spend and spend money that way. You know, when he and when he goes on tour, a lot of time the government pays for that. Yeah, know? I mean it's a whole different <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, de definitely a different level of respect. I mean, and I think, you know, since we're such a capitalist Abolition country, right, right. Like we have to, like it's just a whole different way of thinking about things. But the thing is, is like, even though you know his artistic endeavors are, most of them are funded by the government, people can still take a page out of, you know, his business model. You know, Absolutely. and that's the thing. Like, you know, as artists. You know, and people that just work within the industry. And we talked, to, and we and I talked about. It. I know where you're going with this, and you and I kind of talked about. You know, about we have to think to about it. Right. Yeah, we have to think about this mindset. You know, of of trying to figure it out. But he's still, even though he may not be like rapping. You know, when he is performing in front of children, I'm oh, sure he is. He, oh, is. he is. Okay, he is so rapping. he's yeah. so he's so incorporating he uses, that. He uses hip hop to teach. He teaches hip hop to kids. Oh and, yeah, so that's what and, I'm saying. So he's using yeah. it every day, right? Exactly. And we have to find like creative ways of still infusing, um, you know, our artistic abilities, and you know, trying to make a living for ourselves. You know what I'm yeah, saying? That, and that's, that's and that's the, most the difficult thing. Part. That's the most yeah. Difficult well, part. like for me, um, it's interesting. Like I spent a lot of time. Um, 
trying to figure out like what I was going to do, like as far as like when I figured out I was going to be an artist, mm -hmm. um, figure out like, okay, how am I going to be able to um, hold on for a second, hold on for one second. You're fine. My apologies. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, so I was saying that when I, I had to figure out like, you know, how I was going to balance everything out or whatever. And I'm still always trying to figure it out. But right. the thing is, is that like everyone else, but the thing is, uh, I realized that I had other ways to be able to um, not only um, be an artist, but also contribute to um, the entertainment industry in general. And that's one of the that's one of the reasons why I started um, the Entertainment Leadership Academy, because I realized that I was unique in the sense of like I actually had like other types of training um, outside of business that I can incorporate. Um, with music, you I mean uh, music and you know entertainment business in general, and um, infuse that to help artists as far as like you know leadership training and different things like that, which is something that I noticed that even though it's not really talked about that much, I feel like more artists need to invest in it <laughs> and I be exposed to it because there's a difference between you know management of course you know and there's all always as far as an artist team there has to be certain team members in order to help them like any other business but at the end of the day you know there's also has to be a realization that um you know artists are businesses like mm -hmm. jc already mm -hmm. said that he mm -hmm. made it clear you know like yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, and, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a businessman, but I'm a businessman. You know, right, right, and like, yeah, I was yeah, just like, yeah. I, when he said it, I was like, of course, you know, I kind of knew that, but it was just yeah. the way he, you know, the way it was said, yeah. like, and, and it was I, just so clear, you know, and it, but it's like the reason why I'm saying that is because, like, if you understand that you have to kind of proceed a certain way and with the understanding that you are a business, you know, and I, Absolutely. you know, we, you know, you and I, we've been at conferences together, yeah. you know, a lot of times there's a lot of good information that's given out. Yes. Right? Yes. But the only thing is, is that really nobody really is like lately I heard a lot of, you know, people kind of allude to like, you know, a leadership mindset, you know, just right. different things like that, right? That's, but, that's something that's new because, I mean, yeah, it's you got to think about it. New. Most creators' brains don't function like that. They're creative. A lot of times, they just want to sit there and create. They don't, most of them don't think about how to build my business out. What does that look like? Because their brain just don't, in my opinion, don't really, they don't think about it from that lens of it. Like, well, they just, you know, go ahead. No, no, I agree. I absolutely agree. The only thing is, is that like, you know, and when I get in my artistic mode and I'm focusing on that, a lot of times I get to the point where, you know, that's all I want to focus on. However, mm -hmm. the realities of my life mm -hmm. are not, you know, no. it just right. doesn't make sense <laughs> for me to actually be that way. And right. so, like I said, like, 
Yeah, yeah, right. A lot of artists don't think that way. However, they also are, you know, sometimes complaining about the fact that, you know, they miss a lot of things too. Mm -hmm, like as mm -hmm. far as, you know, um, oh my gosh, I found some out somebody was stealing from me or I, w I didn't know, you know, this right. was happening in my career. I right. didn't know that was happening to my career. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. And the thing is, is that, um, and, you know, the industry doesn't move without artists. Right. <laughs> if, if we don't create the art, there's no art there. We there's, don't, no business, right? there's no business, right? And I think that if people, you know, more people kind of, you don't have to be like big headed about it, but just understand that the, that artists <sighs> are the central part of the industry. That's how they move. And so that means that they, they add business and value, yes. you know what I'm saying, yes, to yes. the business, right? And so in the in in that sense, they need to be valued and taken seriously, you know? And so, I, I mean, I didn't, then, like, the thing is, is that one of the reasons why, like, I went back to get my PhD in leadership is because I realized that one, I kind of, I've always been a leader and I've always taken on leadership roles, but because like as an artist, I was so, I understand like you get so sensitive about like you, what you create, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. I wanted to help myself actually. Mm -hmm. um, and, and in turn figure out how to help others. I just was at this conference and I just felt like I just had been talked at all day. You know, but nothing really to help me with, like, I already understood, like, the business side. I have a degree, you know, in entertainment business, all these mm -hmm. things, and I've been to all these seminars, mm -hmm. but really, what is going to push me forward? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's all about my mindset and right. understanding that, you know, I, I have to own most of my, you know, output, like, just different things like that. And it takes money. Yeah. So, you know, so you have to figure something out and it doesn't always have to be waiting for a record company to get you in advance. You just have to be a yeah. little bit better and more business minded. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And just understand that you're going to have to do some things like maybe talk to children or, you know, like figure out how to, Dude, to, right. re to, to reach out because that's true. That's where the money. I mean, yeah. And, and what Dio's <laughs> able to do, he figured out, you know, OK, I can. I can rap to kids pretty much for the next 20 years plus. And they know? love it, though. And yeah, and they love kids, and they love the fact that, he, and this guy is well, well known. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So Dio is, is, and he's such a good dude. I had He, he brought me out to his conference at the Northern Power Center. I remember that. Yeah, I, remember I, was that. Able, I was able to speak there, and just like, just been a good friend for, you know, for over the, over the last few years, and I just have a lot of respect for what he's been able to build and, and effectively be able to, you know, create success on his, uh, on his terms. And I feel like in this business, it's really, it's really, really difficult because when you're training, chasing a record company, uh, cause now record labels are no longer in the startup business, but they don't right. want to start. They right. care about, they care about businesses that are wanting to partner with businesses. So you got to get yourself from zero to 70, before they come in and take you from 70 to 100. So to get yourself from zero to 70 is a lot of work, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, a lot has to go right 
to even mm-hmm. get to that level before a label could even come in and assist you. You know, right. so, so a lot of times people want label. They think they're going to get signed to a label. Think it gets easier. No, it gets actually gets harder when you get signed to a label because there's more things that have to come into place, and and you have to you have to ask yourself: Do you want to now? Are you want to now give? Do you want to now give up ownership of some of what you have to sign to a label? You know, because I believe that not every not every artist is is really that really needs to be signed to a label. Yeah, I mean, I think that it just depends on how you, you know, like you said, a lot of people are, they already have a following, they already, you know, but people just want to feel, a lot of times, you know, it's about feeling like a part, being a part of something. Yeah, a part of something. And they want that opportunity to be seen by the masses. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. Yeah, but they're, they're still... On a mon, you know, on the money side, though, you know what I'm saying. Like I remember, like early on, um, when I decided to, you know, work in the entertainment industry, I remember someone asked the question, you know, do you want to be famous or do you want to be rich? You know, <laughs> and the thing mm-hmm. is, is that a lot of famous people actually aren't rich. You know, right? right. And <laughs> it's so funny because it's like, um. I don't know how this happens, but no matter where I have lived mm-hmm. in my adult life, mm-hmm. uh, I always end up living in a neighborhood with mm-hmm. <laughs> with famous people. Oh yeah, um, yeah, I do, I do. I don't know, I don't know why. I mean, like right now, we're, I mean, okay, I live in you know Los Angeles, but the mm-hmm. particular neighborhood that I live in. Like I see people all the time, like at the grocery store. It's nothing uh, to you, and they're celebrity, but it's like nothing to you when you see them. No, it's really not. Like grocery store when me and Derry go out on walks in the mornings, it's like you know at my children's school, and this happened in Nashville, Chicago, Atlanta, and in Los Angeles. So it, it's not right. like, but but what I, I say that to say like. Because it's not purposefully, but people are just people, you know. And exactly. Like, at the I, end of the day, like what they do is yeah. great, and like you know, you can admire s- someone or whatever. But at the end of the day, like that—that's one of the things I love about a guy like Troy Taylor. Because like every time I get a chance to see, yeah, Troy, talk to Troy. Troy, he's a real down to earth brother. He just just have a conversation. Like he's just one of these cats where, like, one time when you talk to him, you just talk about life. You know what I mean? I've got a chance of being. I, usually, when I see Troy now, I see him at New School Rules in Rotterdam. I never uh-huh. So that's usually when I run into him, and you know, he's just one of those guys. that's a real down to earth type of cat, you know. Because he, you know, and, and he's one of those guys that yeah, he worked with a lot of famous people. But when you talk to him, it's just like he's just chill, you know. And I think, I think, I think a lot of people got to realize these are just people at the end of the day who happen to live a very public lifestyle. But at the end of the day, they're just people. We but also, also these people, uh, some of these, a lot of these people are very intelligent, and a lot of people, yeah. a lot of these people are, <laughs> are very business minded, and they yeah. understand, and they have taken the time, um, maybe through their own education, or they've, you know, lucked up on a good mentor or a good, like, you know, supporters that invested 
in them and they may have in turn invested in themselves to learn more, you know, to have a good um, advisement team. You know what I mean? It's a lot of different things behind the scenes that people don't even know. Half the people walking around here and you know this, you know, just even some of the rappers, they're like, you know, act like they live like this thug lifestyle, all this other it's stuff. It's true. And at, right. and at the end of the day, like they're literally, they're still, regardless of that, regardless of like where they grew up or anything like that, a lot of these people, the the artists are very educated. Yeah. Very well versed in finance. You know, like you just they take they have taken a vested they understand they have a vested interest yeah. in understanding how they you know how this whole thing works so I love you know it. for me you know i want to work with um entertainment um sorry independent artists but also um artists that are established but may feel like they still need um leadership training but i also i also want to work with professionals that work with artists and the reason that. why is because i realized um during my doctoral program and um, when when I was doing my research, and my research has to do with um, black women in entertainment, as far okay. as like their leadership, self efficacy. Okay. Um, but I found that I came across something where there's a actual personality traits that all creatives share. And so it's called the creative personality. And basically, you know, just being able to work with lead, like work with creators, like you have to, if you know, you know, because it's frustrating. Like I started oh, yeah. out, I've, I've, I start, it can be frustrating. I started out working, like interning at a, a music management company in Nashville, and they work with some pretty major artists. And I, and I realized like, you know, it even just, I was lucky because I, the person that I worked with, um, her name is Michelle Duffy. Mm -hmm. She actually let me like sit in the room with her, you know, like listen to calls and see how she interacted with artists and different things like that. And I was like, yeah, you know, like I don't think I want to be on the management side. I think that she had like, the temperament for it you know what i mean yeah. and she's uh, she's also she's actually transcended um to doing a lot more um in the industry um but uh i would say you know it could be it can be very um an interesting experience to have a meeting of the minds but i realized through my research that there's actually a, an approach um you know, to working with creatives as far as when you're when you're actually in a leadership role. So that's why I said that, like, I want to work with artists. I mean, I plan I, I you know, I I do work with artists, but I, I plan to work with them even more, but also on the other side. So then I can help to bridge the gap. Right. That's really right. I feel like that's what entertainment leadership academy is ultimately about like trying to figure out how to bridge the gap so that you know people can both sides you know artists can really um create more longevity in their careers without becoming 
burnt out because you have to be realistic about um, the industry, you know, that we're all in basically. I love it. I love it. Yeah. But when I say just to, I just want to say when I, when I say realistic, I don't mean um, because I think we talked about this one post I had about, you know, when I was, I was sitting in a meeting and at a school and this principal was talking about how, you know, she felt like they did a survey and most of the students, as far as their career outlooks, they looked at it. They, they all want to be like a majority of the, the students at this time, they're in middle school though. They want to be constant creators and entertainers. Now, first mm -hmm. of all, it's a, it's a performing arts school. So naturally that was going to be like the response, mm -hmm. but also she was talking about them having a plan B and being mm -hmm. realistic. I don't mean like trying to deter them because there's always going to be people that want to work in entertainment and realize it's not for them. Like yeah, yeah. you go through it enough, you'll know, you'll <laughs> know whether it's for you or not. You understand what I'm saying? Because yeah. you have to put up with a lot of different, yeah. you know, things yeah. and it's, <laughs> it's challenging. You have to be very patient throughout the process. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't, I don't mean realistic in that sense. I mean, readying yourself for the journey mm -hmm. and being realistic about the journey and, and arming, you know, being very smart about the journey and just being able to sustain your, you know, people being able to sustain, sustain themselves. But in order to be able to do that, you have to have the mindset and, a, and the realistic outlook as far as that's concerned. Because when you're not patient, you know, if you're not realistic about, okay, this may take me, you know, 10 years, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. To really be discovered, mm -hmm. you know, like, mm -hmm. or whatever that may be. It might even take longer. You know yeah, what I mean? That's true. That's true. You know, like you said, like even with the TikTok music, you know, some people like all of a sudden, you know, Gen Zers or whatever, you know, they're listening to 90s music again. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because they heard it on TikTok. And I'm like, oh, I remember that, you know? Yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden, the persons, the the group or, you know, the artist streams have increased significantly. Right. You know what I mean? You just never know. Okay. So, yeah. So, you're talking about, yeah, you're right. With, uh, with TikTok, yeah, they, they bring a lot of opportunities back. Um, and help songs and people be rediscovered by a whole new audience. So, yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's a different world. You just yeah. don't. the The whole thing is, you know, what I was like alluding to is that you don't know. Yeah. And like you said, the only thing that you can do, the only consistent sure thing, is just how you, you know, produce something. Like the way in which mm -hmm. you do it, if you, yeah. you know, are able to have the resources to do it in a professional manner. Once you put it out to consumers, you know, they basically are going to decide like whether it's hot or not. Exactly. You, you have know no, what I'm saying? You have no control over that. <laughs> once you put it what you put it out there in the marketplace, you cannot you cannot determine how people are gonna feel about it. Just, yeah, of course there's like focus groups and different things like that, but yeah. like at the end of the day, that's only a representative. Uh, it only represents a small part of the population and you just it's a risk it's just all yeah a risk <laughs> you know right. what I mean? that's why, like anything else <laughs> and that's why a lot of let's see a, a lot of parents today 
who have children, obviously most most parents want their kids to take practical careers. You know, mm-hmm. one of the reasons why we love Full Sail so much is because they say we actually believe in helping you take your creative dreams and making that making that a reality. Because most people say, oh, you can go be a doctor or a lawyer. Nobody thinks about, I want to go make video games for a living. Not understanding that's a billion-dollar industry. Absolutely. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> you but, know, not, not understanding, like, what, when you, somebody has to go make those video games. Somebody has to go make those, you know, and, and make these movies and computer animation and all these type of things like that, that somebody has to go. I just want to saw Avatar for mm-hmm. whatever. The, it's like, that's so cool. And like somebody, I'm pretty sure there was some full sailors worked on that project. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure somewhere along the line, there's some people that graduated that worked on that project. But somebody... And we don't realize how long it takes those products to be made. A lot of times, those type of movies take years to be done. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So so people who don't understand, people who talk a lot of mess about Full Sail University, one, have never been there. And don't necessarily understand what being a creative is really all about. Creative brains think differently. You know, creative, right. most creatives don't really do well in traditional school because they get bored, you know, they get bored really, really easily. So mm-hmm. unless it's something that that genuinely interests them, not that they're stupid, they just don't care enough to care about it. Like, right. me, I don't want to take physics or chemistry or if whatever. If it has nothing to do with what I want to do Exactly, term. exactly. And I think we have to rethink, think we have to rethink college. What does college look like in 20 years, you know? We have to yeah. re- we're going to have to rethink that, as, as you know, and we have to re- look at that. What, what does that look like, you know? Do you have to go to school in order to be successful? And what does success really look like? It's a, it's a question I think that a lot of us, a lot of parents of kids today, let's say you have a five-year-old, right? Mm-hmm. And in 13, 14 years, when they get ready to go to college, what is college going to It won't look like it looks like today. I don't think college will look the same. Well, I hope it doesn't just in the sense that, you know, it has to, it has to evolve move. with time. Yeah, right. yeah, evolve with the time. I, I say, you know, I think that college will always be necessary depending on the type of um, career you want to go in. But even, yeah. but even within that, though, um, even within that, it might need to still be more career focused you know what i mean as opposed to like you said taking some classes i know that the other um reasoning well at least initial reasoning behind it was that you know people could be more um career you know no i'm sorry well-rounded you know in how they see the world um and not just so career focused um the, uh, but the thing is, is that I do think it'll be necessary. It's not necessary to necess- like to be successful because mm-hmm. it depends on it depends on um, what, you know, career track you want to take. Mm-hmm. But I but another thing is, is that I feel like and this is something that I always stress with my children, mm-hmm. no matter what, the, you know, what careers they decide Mm-hmm. They also need to be entrepreneurial in their approach, regardless of what they decide to do. You, okay. Because if you 
not to say like everybody's not going to be an entrepreneur, you know, right. and you know, and I know that being a and that's a buzzword, right? And by the way, that's a buzzword right now. Everybody, right, wants to right, be an entrepreneur. like, like yeah. how hard it is. Like, uh, right. it's not easy, and yeah. and like to be able to do that and be successful. Like, okay, forget being successful. Like, to be able to sustain yourself, yeah, even to sustain yourself you, as you, an entrepreneur. You don't realize how hard it is to make. Like, people say, oh, "Okay, I want to be. I want to. I want to make. I want to be a multimillionaire. I want to make mm-hmm. six figures a year." You don't realize how hard it is to make five thousand dollars a month, right? Like, consistently <laughs> right. to make five to make five thousand on your own. Meaning, as an entrepreneur, bringing in five thousand dollars take home. Right, exactly. You know exactly. What I mean? Yeah, and, that's, and that's, that that is really, really hard to do. I mean, yeah, it, it is hard to get somebody when you when you think about being an entrepreneur, okay, what do you do at a very high level, an official level, to get somebody to pay you consistently mm-hmm. to do it? Okay. One of the reasons why I, I consider myself a freelancer. So I don't okay. use the, I don't use the word, I mean I'm a freelancer, I mean, because I don't like because people use the word I'm a boss. There's a lot of women that say I'm a boss. Right? That's <laughs> yeah. a whole see, that's a whole other yeah, conversation yeah, yeah. we won't get into right now, right? But let's nah, I'm not gonna get into it. Uh-huh. That's a whole, I, I, I'm interested to hear your opinion about that off this recording. <laughs> but um but you know, I think the whole thing with the boss, like, do you pay? You pay medical insurance, you pay medical bills, people's livelihoods. That to me, that's a whole different thing. Like yeah, anybody that's like, when you're that, a boss. Right. That's what I ask yeah. people, like, okay, do you pay people's health insurance? And do people rely on you for their life? That's to me, that's what being a real boss is. Yeah. Well, like see what when, you're saying. when people, that's just what I mean. I think people, I think a lot of people today say, Hey, oh, I'm a boss. No, you might be self-employed or you might be somebody that did, but when you're about that, you do have the people that work for you, like that rely on you, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to for their, that's, cause that's a whole other pressure that most of us probably don't want to really have. Yeah, most ourselves. entrepreneurs are solopreneurs anyway. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, they don't, they don't have, they don't have um, a staff. You know, what I'm yeah, because that that that's a lot. Too, but that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure to have to be like, okay, I got to make payroll this week. I got to pay. Yeah, people. absolutely. You, you know, that's a lot of pressure to be to be on. You know. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe yeah. Maybe if you're running a restaurant or something like that, where the rules may be a little bit. But if you're running like a, where you have to pay like some somebody's salary that's fifty, sixty, eighty, hundred thousand dollars a year, like that's a lot of. <laughs> Uh, that's 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 a lot that's a, that's a lot of pressure on well on even like community. with with film and stuff like that like um you know like Darian and I always say like you know the entertainment industry is a project based absolutely right? sis you just and you just so, got some gems right there like yeah. like like it's just like when I work with an artist I get I don't get paid by the hour or by there's times where I make no money for weeks or days or yeah months. and mm-hmm. it doesn't doesn't mean that I'm not doing good work it just first of all in this business you know I've heard and I've heard producers talk about it you might do work and still gotta pay wait net 30 net 60 net 90 right sometimes net 180 to get right. paid for work that you did six months ago like right. You don't understand. It's not an industry of I work today, I get paid today. 
Right. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. Easy. But go on. What are you saying now? No, I was What's just saying it's a it's a project based business. Like it's a project yeah. based business, and you know that's the thing. Like to people that are used to working with the salary, and I've been there too. You know, worked in corporate America, and everything had a salary, benefits, all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, the only thing is that um. You know, so to someone that's totally ingrained in that, mm -hmm. it's hard to understand, like, you know, because, oh, my gosh, we get this all the time. Like, okay. well, how how are you guys making it? You know, I'm like, well, like I said, it's a project based <laughs> business. <laughs> so one minute you could be making nothing and another minute you could have a whole bag. You know, yep. it just that's, depends, that's, the way, know. that's the way it works. And the thing is, that's you have to works. make it work, though. You know, yeah. it's about being really smart with the money that you have when and, you get it. You know exactly, what I'm saying? Exactly. And so that's yeah. something that I don't think is well, people are being prepared talked for, about. Right, enough. being prepared for that. You only get checks. So let's say you get a public, <laughs> let's say you get a, sorry, you get a publishing deal. That might be your only one. You, that, that first advance you get, mm -hmm. you may not get another check after that. If you right. don't, you don't do depending on type of deal you sign. Not, not anything significant. For instance, like if you're in an MDRC deal, for those who don't understand what that is, a clause means a minimum delivery requirement clause. Mm -hmm. DRC. That basically means that per your deal, you have to deliver X amount of songs within a certain amount of time. That right. has to be commercial. That have to be commercially released. Yeah. So if you if you if you're signed with a publisher, and your deal is your deal is uh, your deal is ten songs, right? You have a ten song deal, but you work with song another songwriter that you spent the publishing with. That ten songs turns into twenty songs, right? Right, and so on and so forth. If you if you have a ten song deal and you work with two songwriters, that ten song turns into thirty songs because right. you're splitting the publishing. Right. So so a lot of times. If you have to, and those songs have to be commercially released, right? If they get sold and they get bought by a label or somebody's or a publisher. That doesn't mean the song's gonna come out. You can cut the record all day. The song's got to be commercially released. So if it gets commercially released, that's great. But then you may not get paid from that from that song for a year to eighteen months. So we right, don't understand exactly. the money doesn't flow traditionally. In a normal nine to five or normal consumer based job, like like if like if if you do landscaping or if you do work yes. really downtown, you can you're not doing the work until they pay. <laughs> you know what right, I mean? Right, exactly. In our business, exactly. You, have to, you have to do the work and then chase the money down later. That's just how it works. I mean, and that's how that's why like you'll see a lot of like you know, famous artists, you'll see that they're showing though. They're yeah. showing that they also have other outside businesses that help yeah. them to, you know, they yeah. when they yeah. may get that big advance or, a, yeah. you know, a lump sum of money, mm -hmm. they may, first of all, you know, some of them are buying their clothes, some of them they're not, you know, depending mm -hmm. on their stylist situation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or, you know, sp sponsors and partners and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, so, yeah get that out the way also you know they're showing that they have other businesses that helps in the income from those businesses yeah. help to keep them afloat in the meantime yeah you know what i'm saying you have to yeah. be really smart you know they talk you know if you hear athletes you mm -hmm. know talk about this this is what they do too you know yeah. the ones that have the right you know mindset right. and 
good good people around them, but also just the ones that have the mindset within themselves. You have to adopt that, you right. know, in long is in order in order to be there like long term. Yeah. Around long term, you have to have that mindset. And I think eventually, like sometimes people don't, you know, that you have to grow into it as well. But I think, you know, artists should know this early on. Like this this is something that, yes, you have to get a a good entertainment attorney. Yes, you have to eventually get, if you get big enough to be able to sustain this, Mm -hmm. a good manager, yes, you have to, you know, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, like, you have to still pay these people, you know, you have to figure this out. Like, for for instance, like a manager, right? Most managers get paid up for 20% commission, right? Right. But wouldn't it be smarter to pay your manager, especially today's world, pay them a salary? Yeah. You know, that's yeah, how, they would agree to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you pay. I mean, come on, pay you a hundred everything. Pay your lawyer. Everybody look, a salary. You're gonna get paid a right. hundred thousand. You know, you're gonna get paid a hundred thousand a year, and this is your salary. And I'm gonna pay you that. And that 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 also takes the pressure off the manager to have to go and do other things. Because when you especially when you're working with independent artists, like. Mm-hmm. They're broke. So if you're managing an artist that you really believe in, you're not making mo- enough money. Even if you are bringing enough money in, it ain't enough to pay them, your manager, a significant amount of money to be able to sustain themselves only from that. So that's the thing. So that, so you said, okay, so most musicians, like, you know, or, you know, the independent artists are broke, right? So a lot of times, this is the thing you have to sit down and make a plan. Yeah. You know, I mean, some, some, some do, some artists are really young, so yeah. they're, they're not going to be able to do some of these things. So we're, it's more going to have to be a conversation with their parent. And, you know, everybody does come from a different background. It just depends yeah. on like, you know, what type of resources they have access to and stuff like that, you know, right, right. but yeah, it would be good if the, if everybody on, you know, the staff got, a salary, uh, that, or that, un- or understood that, and, that like, and that's what pay. and that's what my off. That's what Rick Barker. If you follow Rick Barker uh, online, these Taylor mm-hmm. Swift former manager, that's what they did with Rick because they understood that you know Taylor's parents are for- fortunately were very well off and they could pay Rick a salary. Mm-hmm. They said, "Look, Taylor wants you to be her manager." We know that we want you to focus solely on her, so you don't have to go out there. We know you have kids and a wife. We want to pay you $150,000 a year yeah, so that you can be her manager. You don't worry about commission. Just gonna, We're just going to pay you that to be her manager solely on her, where you can focus totally on her and make sure your bills are still paid and live the lifestyle you want to live. You know? Right. And that, that, and that took a lot of pressure off of him to feel like, okay, I want to manage him, but I had to go do other things in the meantime because I got a family to support. You know, uh, and a lot of times that's what happens when a lot of people are managing talent because if you're working off of the old model of twenty percent, right? That means they mean you have to have to make to make to make a hundred thousand dollars a year as a manager under all the old model. You would have to have like let's say, you have to have, you would have to have at least twelve artists on your roster, bringing in two hundred thousand dollars a year. Right. Yeah, and it and that that makes it. it you but know, people have been kind of you know they've been kind of surviving you know off of that i mean some of the people like you said you know it just depends and that's the the thing about the thing that sucks about 
entertainment as great as it is the industry is that the way it's structured right sometimes it is elitist in a sense like it's survival of the fittest you know much. Yeah. like yeah, if yeah, you yeah. don't have the money you know then but then that's for like if you want to be if you want but to be an ind independent artist yeah you still need to have resources however yeah, yeah. you can still get paid and have a sustainable career it just depends on how you build your business model yeah. and you figure out how to um you know make it work for you and your team yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. and like for me you know um as far as like i still make music right, right? a lot of people may not think and so. by the way you're very good at it <laughs> oh thank you thank you i still i do but i had to take a step back for a little bit because i had to think about like how I was going to continue to do it. You know, if I wanted to, it's not that I ever lost a, a, a love for making music or anything like that, but it's just like, there has to be some type of return on it, you know? Yeah. Um, and if I'm going to release it commercially, you know what I'm saying? Okay. And so I had to really think about that. Um, and then I also, you know, really got interested in creating films, you know, and so the, right. and, that, the and, that's, and that's a different industry. It is a different, it's a different industry. Yes. However, it's, um, it's, it's different in it. But the other thing is, is that when people, um, for us, like when we create films and we produce them, we are dealing with people on a more of a project based, like, mm -hmm. you know, people are like giving us quotes as far as like how much they would charge or what is their rate? You know, some people mm -hmm. have day rates, you know, mm -hmm. some people have rates for the whole project. It just depends mm -hmm. on who you're dealing with mm -hmm. and it's based on your budget, the budget that you have. And so it is very project-based and people are used to kind of going from project to project, yeah. but still in the middle of all of that, those people that aren't prepared to figure out, don't have a plan for what they're going to do in between projects. Yeah. That's still, it's still, a problem you understand right, what I'm right, saying? Right, right. And that's still where the mindset is like you know it's people in LA especially like I came from before we moved out here I came from watching a lot of people make things happen for themselves like mm -hmm. in Nashville also especially when I lived in Chicago mm -hmm. um and you know in Atlanta especially now you know just having more like okay you know, I'm an independent artist, but that doesn't mean that like I'm not, you know, the quality you mm -hmm. have to invest in the quality you have mm -hmm. to, you know, but there is a different mindset. But I, I really I'm hoping that more artists kind of start to realize that this is project based still, regardless, um, yeah. even if you're working on an album, you're going to have to. Um, and they're gonna have to invest. And I yeah. know you you spend a lot of time talking yeah. to our independent yeah. artists, and just when they find out how are people, just to ask you, how do people react when they really find out how much is gonna cost for them to actually have some type of level of success? 
I think for them, I think it depends on the type of level of success they want to have. You know, I, for, for me, the purpose of what I teach is, is is having a core. Well, I tell people this too. So for instance, are you okay with being an artist that plays small bars? Small, mm-hmm. small, small shows, small venues. Like, mm-hmm. are you okay with making fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year? Because that's doable. You know, it ain't it ain't gonna be sexy. You ain't winning no Grammys. You ain't doing none of that. But you're a full time artist. You get to do what you love to do, and you make right. it. And you so it, to me, it's about mindset. Most artists, to me, only see success in one prison. Right. A lot of times, what happens is they don't end up. The sex that they do achieve doesn't look like what they want, what they envision it to be, because it usually never ends up that way. Mm-hmm. It always ends up totally different. You know, if if there was one path to success, we'd all go down the same path, but there right. isn't, and no two people's careers is ever the same. So, so, so you can't. There's no cookie cutter option to say if you do it exactly this way, it's going to turn out exactly this way. Nobody knows. So for me, it's about. Can you build a core audience? That's what that's all I talk about. Yeah, absolutely. I know. It, that's it, it is a core, 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 because that's what's gonna keep you uh that's what's gonna sustain you even when you're not the hottest artist in the world anymore. Your core still comes around. Like it's interesting how Tyrese was just doing a was just doing a uh, a podcast with 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 Tank and Jay Valentine. Mm-hmm. You know, when Tyrese Tyrese is known to the message as an actor. Even though his first love is music, right? When he does music, people actually people get excited because they right. want to hear Tyrese do. So Tyrese has that course. So when he does go on tour, and he doesn't go on tour very much because that movie money, he doesn't. He just doesn't have to. Like when you're part of like <laughs> when you're part of like Fast and Furious and all these right. franchises, I'm sure his residual checks is real nice. You know, yeah. So when he's doing a movie and he's making twenty, he said he's not in a twenty million dollar uh, uh, picture uh, per picture yet. But he, you know, Tyrese doesn't do too bad for himself, right? You know, you know? Right. so when so but when he does do music, like it matters to people versus somebody like Tank, who Tank is yeah he does movies too, but Tank is known as an artist, like Tank known as a music guy. So it's going to be a different a different grind. So I think. When you have a core audience, though, that's what's going to keep you relevant and keep you able to make to get paid. You know, SWV. You know, escape all these big artists from the nineties. Groups from the nineties can still go and do their thing because people still want to see them, and they also have hits. I think, yeah, that always helps. I think when you have hits, I think when you have hits. See what what's hurt the music industry today in a way. Not hurt it, but. Like, for instance, Atlanta used to be the place you had to go to to make it an urban, right? Mm-hmm. But now you don't got to do that no more because now the internet has fragmented everything. So everything's... Yeah, fragmented. absolutely. So you could be in St. Louis, Missouri somewhere, and that's what could be your home base, and you could be winning. And you live in St. Louis, Missouri. You don't live in Atlanta. You know, used to be a time where everybody moved to, a- moved to the ATL. And so... That ATL is great. I can never live there just me personally, just because of my personal situation. I love mm-hmm. I love visiting Atlanta, but I just for me, just I wouldn't do it. But I love the culture of the city of Atlanta. The problem is, is that when you go there, if you're not prepared to be in these industry hubs, you just end up becoming another artist, unfortunately. Right. Where you could be in your city of St. Louis or wherever mm-hmm. you could be, and you could be out there doing what you got to do, and you're known in your city, right? You know, you know. So to me, it always depends on what success looks like for you. Like some people only want to be 
pop superstar to pop stars. Yeah. Okay, what did you need millions of dollars for? There's no way, there's no other way around it. You know, there's a difference too. Do you want to be a professional singer? Do you want to be a successful artist? See how I said that? Professional singer and professional artist is two different things. Absolutely. Because you can go do corporate gigs and be a professional singer and make a nice living. Right. Sing. And that's what you do for a living. It doesn't necessarily mean you're coming out with original music and you want to go build a fan base and you want to go. That's a whole different thing. That's a whole different grind and a whole different mentality. If you want to be a professional singer, you can go do that and never come out with original music. Right. So, yeah, and I think I, I think a lot of times people don't necessarily want to be professional singers. They want to be professional artists. Yeah. Um, you know, and it just depends. But I think you could also be a professional singer and still, you know, and and have the artist mm-hmm. side too. You know, you can. Mm-hmm. But the but if the professional singing is getting you paid, you know, you have to just you know. Yeah. Think about it that way. You yeah, know. you got. Yeah, you got to do. Look, you got to do what you got to do because you will have tough days where you're not making any. Like it's just part of it. Like even go back to entrepreneurship in general, whatever, whatever, whatever industry you're in. Like there's gonna be tough days, and in this industry, when you work based off the project, and you know, just because somebody agrees to sign your agreement, happens to me all the time. Just because somebody agrees to sign my agreement and pay me, pay me and pay me on, on time, does not mean that they're gonna pay me on time and say they're gonna pay. Me. Because there's so many different other factors. Right, they, may, right. they might not even have the money to pay you or, you know. Yeah, and there's so many, things, so many right. things can, and then, can and, happen. And then you end up being a thing that becomes least important because, of, okay, that's that's my little hobby over here. Right. Understand that this is what you do. like this. So you've counted on this money so that you can go make some other moves over here, right? And when that money doesn't come in over here, you got to pivot to do something else because it's like, oh, shit, I thought I was going to have this money coming over here. That's what it ain't coming in. It happens to me all the time, you know? Yeah. And then you got to figure out, okay, well, that didn't work. So that, that didn't go how I wanted to go. So I need to re, I need to, 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 to recalibrate. And, and you, have, you have to be mentally, you have to be really mentally tough to make it in this business. Because if you're not... This industry is designed to eat you up and spit you out. And not really, if you're changing the industry, I always, this, I always say this, there's the music industry, there's the music business, and then there's the business of music. Three different things. So many people are chasing the music industry. Now, understanding, as long as you understand the music business, as long as you understand the music business and the business of music, you don't necessarily, have, you don't necessarily need the music industry. Exactly. Because the music business is commerce. That's just sales. And the, music, right. and the business of music is intellectual property. Right. Publishing, copyrights. Understand how that world works. And you can be a if you in the sync world and you put money putting putting music and TV and film and nobody knows your name, but you make a nice living, you're not necessarily chasing the industry because even in the sync world, that's a totally different space. I mean, when you guys yeah. so when you guys are making films, you guys see do you music supervise your own do you music supervise your own products or you hire somebody independently to do that for you? Um so we usually do it ourselves, but that's only because um both Derry and I are musically inclined. Gotcha. It's like we both are songwriters. We right. both <laughs> are like we both like we like a lot of films that we've done have a lot of like original music, even the scoring. Mm -hmm. And so, um, 
but usually for real um as far as music supervising it's usually dairy mostly um but he has like a really good ear and he's able to really like communicate what he wants like when we are working for with artists and different things like that mm -hmm. but um that's not to say if we get like once we like well each film that we do mm -hmm. ascends higher than mm -hmm. the, uh, the the last one which mm -hmm. is we're fortunate in that sense even though they're still um independent films Mm -hmm. um, we still we 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 haven't gotten to that point yet because it hasn't been necessary. Mm -hmm. But I feel like eventually we will, you know. Yeah. But but yeah. So we don't do that. But we we have um, definitely partnered with other um, people like producers and different things like that. So yeah, uh, we that still work. We still have to pay. We still definitely pay for. Even if we are licensing music, we right. we still definitely pay for um, music. And I, I want to say that, like, like I said, that like I'm always like living in communities where there's like artists and like of different types or whatever. Right. It's people that I know that totally make a living off of, you know, sync music, sync yeah. music, yeah, or like even just on the film side, like. You know, they're doing like voiceovers, they're doing, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and you don't know them from, you know, their work, but you don't know who they are. They live, the and street, they, live a, they live a very nice life, nice, nice homes, nice sending their children to private school, like, yeah. you know, uh, living the American dream and nobody yeah. knows what they look like, you know, yeah. and like you said, you know, and some of them they're so they're in, you know, the you know like if this was be like even like the music business i i was talking to a parent the other day and he was like oh yeah you know i have music that's you know being played in asia you know what i'm saying like just yeah. across the pond somewhere yeah, yeah. nobody knows what type of music he's making like in the u.s yeah. but that's not his art that's not his audience that's not right. his core audience right. however he still lives over here and his family's over here. You know what I'm saying? So right, and that's why I said to me, it's always about perspective and what you look as, what you look at success to be. Right. So, so, so again, it's like I said earlier, some people success for them is fame. It's what it is. Other people, they don't. They as long as they can take care of their family, do what they love to do. Some people don't like the spotlight. They like to go make their records, especially in the sick world. You can make music. Nobody, no one knows your name. You can go make records, sync it and film and TV. Get your get 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 paid. Do what you got to do, and you and send your kids to school and do what yeah. you want to do, and and you can live a nice, you know. We won't use it. We won't use your average life, but we'll use the word like a, a, a much more quiet, quieter. Because everybody see everybody thinks they want Beyonce's Beyonce's life. Do you have Beyonce's work ethic? Most people don't. Man, you know? let me tell you something. That's you know? the thing. If you hear anyone speak of her, and it's obvious mm -hmm. with like the project she puts out, but mm -hmm. it's if you if anybody that has worked with her closely speaks of her, even from a young age, they're like nobody they haven't seen many people with her work ethic. Um, I remember reading um Harvard Business School did a case study mm -hmm. on Beyonce mm -hmm. and her um and like, you know, her business. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that you'll find if you read the case study, um, you know, even though she is the artist, right? Mm -hmm. 
it's mm. already understood that she is the boss, okay? Because <laughs> most of the people in the case study are, they work for her, but they talk about how her love, they discuss her level of involvement. She right. trusts her team, right? but she's also, she also is able to, um, you know, hire the best of the best to be right. on her team. Right. But she trusts them to do their job, but they also even though some of these people that are on her team are way older than her, right? Mm -hmm. Way like a lot more seasoned than her as far as being in the business, but they still respect her and understand that, you know, they don't get paid if she doesn't, if she's not successful. You right. understand? Right. And so they're not trying to overpower her or take over her position. Everybody understands the role that they play. And that, well, ultimately, and, ultimately, it's her business. And that goes back to since what you talked about. And before we get out of here, you talked about all the organizational leaders. That goes back to everything you just talked about. Her organization. Exactly. She, her, embod her, she her embodies office, it her all. Her organization, right. So that's why she understands that she, essentially, she's a corporation. You know, Jay-Z's a corporation. At that level, they are. They're corporations, you know. And so when they're doing the type of deal that they're doing, you're not just dealing with an artist, you're dealing with a corporation. And every decision that they make matters and affects a lot of people. Talking about paying people's livelihood, that decision that they make, that's real boss shit. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. That, that's, that's what I'm saying. You know, with that, like most people don't that that's real boss, where like decisions that they make affects people's lives like incredibly, you know? So, so I mean, that's why what the work you do is, is so important. And then I'm so glad that you've been able to find this space to do it because it's needed. And I think that the more people that understand, you know, even if they don't, even if they're not the best leader in the world, they at least understand that they need to have certain skill sets to be able to know how to even properly delegate, you know, you know and, and not everybody knows how to do that properly, you know, well, and yeah. that nature. Well, the thing is, is that like, um, one of the areas in leadership, even though my degree is in organizational leadership, um, the one of the things that I focus on um, is self-leadership development. Okay. So the thing is, is that before you can lear learn how to lead others, you also need to be able to lead yourself, right? right? And that that comes into play where I was trying to figure out um, how I could, you know, help people with leadership. And I also was fortunate enough to take a class in self-leadership and mm -hmm. it's, it changed my whole, um, perspective about what leadership is because the, the first person you need to learn how to lead is yourself. Right. And then after that, you can learn how to delegate and work with others, you know, because when you think about, a lot of people, like a lot of artists that get in a lot of trouble. Hey guys, the um, here. I got my book. All right. Go ahead, go ahead. That's okay. A lot of people that are, you know, when you find like sometimes artists are like, but you know, sometimes it's a, it's a crazy situation where um, people try to set you up, you know, like it's, it's other situations, but, but I'm talking about the situations where you know, you should do better, mm. you know, or, people like or you know that you need to know certain things about what you're you know choosing to do 
it has to do with how you feel about yourself and having, you know, self-control and being able to lead yourself. So it all starts at that point. And I am fortunate to, you know, to be able to, um, to be able to work in this space and just actually be a person that, because you, if there's a lot of coaches out here, you know, yeah, and there's yeah. a lot of different, and I'm not no shade, no nothing. Because, <laughs> no, because the thing is, I feel like everybody has a, a space. Everybody has a, a calling and it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to go through um, the hell that I went through <laughs> to get a doctorate. Like, you know, it wasn't an easy, it wasn't an easy experience. And that's why, you know, and I didn't even realize it once I entered into it that, you know, there's only there's less than two percent of the whole population in the world that has PhDs. Mm -hmm. So that's that takes something. But basically, I'm happy that I was able to combine, you know, my ability to help people in that way with still being an artist and also still living what practicing what I preach. I love it. I love it. And on that, on that end, we're going to end it. Yep. Thank this you. Episode, this episode, before we get out of here, how can people find you? How can they connect um, with you? All that. Well, on all social media, I'm Indy Titan, I-N-D-I-T-Y-T-O-N, um, still. So you can find me everywhere um, under that. Um, also, if you want to know a little bit more about Entertainment Leadership Academy, um, my website is, is just entertainmentleadership.org. Wonderful, guys. And this has been a great episode, another episode of the Encourage Inspire podcast. Until next time, this is your host, Darrell Peart. I'm out of here. Peace.